guys, welcome to Dyslexia Demystified. Hi. Uh, hi. <laughs> I was about to tell you guys to say hi, but I just yell at you in the introduction. I can and will. I, I followed Nathaniel's lead. Oh, come on. Sorry. Okay. As you guys can tell, I'm joined by two other very annoying people, Nathaniel and Alma. Whoa. And- <laughs> And we are going to be talking, or we're going to do a part two on a on the dyslexia-friendly workplace. Um, and are you guys excited? We're very excited. I it's think. hard to explain how excited I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so, and we are finally actually doing a part two. We always say we'll do a part two, and then we never do. But today we are. So I think we've actually day. kept to our word for the most part. It just takes us a while. Okay, yeah, it takes. Mm. A while. But today mm. you're getting a part two right on time. You know. So, are you guys excited and ready to jump into the first? Indubitably. <laughs> I love. How I asked you guys if you're excited twice now. Yeah, you tend to forget people's answers. Wow. I know. I'm I'm tired, people. That's my excuse. It hurts. But anyway, people. Um Nathaniel is gonna start with the very first point, which is Right. So if we want a dyslexia friendly workplace, a thing that we should implement would be an option for note takers in meetings and the ability to record meetings. So what this means is essentially exactly what it sounds like. If you are someone with dyslexia and you're in a meeting it is available for you to basically just um, record it with your phone or some recorder so you can listen back to it. Um, and that would be more helpful than being forced to take notes on the spot. Um, and I think that this would be very beneficial as um, the you know stress that you put under to keep up with someone talking is a lot more. Um, I'm assuming when you have dyslexia, when you kind of have some struggles with spelling and syntax and grammar and keeping up with someone speaking quite quickly. So I think that having a recording of this and then using some software, there is software now, to just turn that into a transcript text later, I think would be a lot better for those with dyslexia, but also just anyone who's generally working. I don't know why it should be expected that you have to just write furiously along in a meeting rather than just recording and then listening back to it later. Mm. Totally not something that a lot of our teachers do. Just <laughs> yeah. Oh, so guys, one very important thing to note, which we haven't said yet, is that all of this information that we're saying, or all the points, are from the dyslexiaadvantage.com. Definitely check them out. And mm-hmm. yeah, we have sources to say. <laughs> okay, Alma, continue talking. Me or Nathaniel, do you have anything to add to your point, or should I continue? Um, oh wait, I was adding on to your point. Sorry, I forgot already. Um, yeah, honestly, I don't understand why we don't record more often, whether we're dyslexic or not. I just think it's such a helpful tool, and it's just very nice to have something to rely on. And it's like, it's even better than written because when you take your own notes, you tend to rephrase, or I mean, it's very easy to just mix up. But when you record, you know. It's perfect. You have everything that was exactly said word for word. Mm-hmm. And it's just very convenient. Again, whether you're dyslexic or not. So I honestly don't understand why it's such a huge problem mm-hmm. in general to record during classes, during meetings, whatever it may be. I just think that is a very good option. Yeah, I think recording is a good idea. But I haven't quite like 
found these softwares yet that convert into text. So the thing is, I don't really want to listen or when, for instance, when classes are recorded, you don't want to listen to the whole class because like there's some parts that are relevant. Um, and then when you want to find one certain part of like that answers like a certain question of yours, you have to like go through the video or the recording mm-hmm. multiple times, and that can be a little frustrating. So if you have like a text conversion thing that Nathaniel was talking about, of course that would be a lot more beneficial. But I feel like these still are in the making; they're not quite perfect yet. So I don't know. We better get some <laughs> um, how you say video to text because it's not really text to speech, I- is it? It's it's speech to text. Speech to text. <laughs> I don't think that's a correct term. Video but... to text. It's that... definitely not a video. One thing you're not gonna like <laughs> scan someone's face and get a text. <laughs> no, because when I think of recording, I think of video. Yeah, like... we often say we're going to. Um... Oh wait, no, we say we were going to record the podcast, right? We're not. Yep. Yeah, I always say. Okay, film. Yeah, you always say film. That's what. That's what it is. I'm confused when it comes to that stuff, you know. Yeah. Which it's important to know that this is not a dyslexic thing, it is an Antonio thing. Just sorry. Me problem. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what I wanted to say is that um I think these um videos are good. The only thing is people tend to ramble a lot when they talk. Uh much more than they like. And then you can't filter it out. Yeah, well I think what you're saying would get um, written down word for word. You'd have like a lot of filler words like um, but, you know, and that <laughs> stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, well, obviously, maybe softwares would be so smart that they could like filter that out, you know, for us. Yeah, they could. Or- Amazing. Mm-hmm. We should in- create something like that, guys. I think-, I think maybe it would actually encourage society to start talking more coherently and Go stop using way. filler words. Mm-hmm. I think he meant cohesively, but okay. Ah, uh, yes, that that too. Actually, I mean, both of them would be important okay. for recording, but uh, <laughs> I also tend to mix up words. Yeah, especially in English. Problem. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I think I don't know. I like recordings, or how you say, yeah, recordings. Recordings. Yeah, recordings. I was like scared to see videos again. I was <laughs> scared to get judged. But I, I think they're good. I don't know, but it's just, there's still some problems with it, but I think if people work on it, it can be even better in the future. Mm-hmm. For students and for other people. When our school went into the lockdown for the first time when COVID started, then we had one teacher who, instead of asking us to attend every class, would just record it and post oh. it. And I thought that was incredible. <laughs> Wait, was there a math teacher? Yes, yeah. it was. Oh, I loved her. She's same, so... same. She was great. And she and... said you have to attend one live session per week. Yeah. So nice. It's, it was very nice. And I actually did watch back on the videos. And I just put them on speed. Because, I mean, we were younger. So I guess the speed of the class just had to be not the fastest. Let's just say that. But I actually got to learn really well so i really enjoyed it i think that's one great benefit to recordings and all of that is that you can just speed through it Mm -hmm. and then or you get to skip Mm -hmm. do you notice like youtube setting where they give you like the time marks for each like bullet point 
<gasps> yes, I do. I love it. At. Like, if teachers would have that for their lectures or, like, um, classes, mm-hmm. that's oh, my God, my life would be so good. Because that's <laughs> the problem I have. I can't find the content in the recordings. But if people, like, already mark at which, like, timestamp they talk about what, then that's amazing, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so enthusiastic about this. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, does anyone have anything to add to recording, or can I move on to the next point? No, I just wanted to tell you to go to Okay, perfect. So, the next thing that would make a workplace more dyslexia-friendly would be to have hands-on or video or audio instructions. So, basically, what this means is if you're, as I called it last time, chief or boss is trying to pass on instructions, that rather than per email or a long text or whatever it may be, it would be through a video or an audio recording. <laughs> audio. Um, but yes, and personally, I mean, I under I definitely understand this, and I do think that those texts, like I think we also also mentioned this last time, they can be very frustrating to read and very um, exhausting just to read all everything you have to do. But at the same time, I don't know why saying that this would be a specific measure for dyslexic people. Mm-hmm. I just feel like this really like kind of makes people with dyslexia seem like almost children when they say like, oh, you can do a video for them. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it's a very nice thought. But at the same time, I just weird, you know? Yes, exactly. It's just kind of weird. Like, like your boss but... sends you video being like, hey. <laughs> not even just uh, just even putting it as a as a point on yeah. how to make the workplace more dyslexia friendly I just think yeah. it's kind of making it seem as if they can't read at all <laughs> e- even if they couldn't I don't know just putting it like that is a bit weird yeah what do you think Nathaniel I think that yeah the way it's put is a bit um, yeah it, it seems a bit derogatory in a way but yeah. I think that that's kind of because we have a stigma around it, but mm-hmm. I think that there doesn't need to be a stigma around it. Like, there's nothing inherently childish about getting like video or audio instruction other than mm-hmm. text. But we just have this um, kind of yeah, perception of that, like that. Um, yeah. I think that if more workplaces were to implement it, uh, that perception and that um, kind of stigma would change, and I think for the better. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Actually, that makes sense. <laughs> I think the fault is nice, but I don't know. It's just, it seems really awkward. And they kind it seems like they think we're kind of like illiterate. Which is <laughs> like quite funny to me. They're like, oh yeah, we have to send them videos because they really struggle with something. You know, that's kind of like the vibe I get. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is like, it's nice that like people would think that that's like a way to help it. It's just, it makes me feel a little bit weird to be the odd one out. Like, imagine people yeah. telling, um, tell it, like, people saying, like, oh, yeah, don't forget to send dyslexic person videos because they struggle with reading emails. I don't know. It, it sounds like it's weird to be, like, the only one, like, the old one out. So I think if something like that would be implemented, everyone should do it. Like, everyone should just send each other. Well, um, we're talking about oh, dyslexia-friendly workplaces. We're not talking about how to change a workplace specifically for that one dyslexic co-worker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 
Eh, not necessarily. You could have a dyslexia-friendly workplace just for one person. Like the dyslexic mm-hmm. or the dyslexic people, depends on how many you have. Or you could have a dyslexia-friendly environment for everyone, dyslexic or not. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think everyone should kind of, if this were implemented, everyone should send each other voice messages, which I think mm-hmm. would be actually really funny, you know? Yeah, I think we have these views of what is professional and what is unprofessional when in reality it honestly doesn't matter. Yeah, I know. I know why people are so weird about it. But I have to admit, when I first read, like, audio or video instruction, I was like, come on, you know, it isn't, like, (laughs) kindergarten. But I was like, why? Like, why does it matter, honestly? Yeah. But I I just imagine, like, the videos being kind of, like, vlogs. Yeah, I'm also imagining that. (laughs) Welcome back to my channel. <laughs> Welcome back to Dyslexia Demystified. Yeah, I actually imagine it like that. Or kind of like monologues, you know? I'm or- imagining like a cameo. <laughs> oh my god. I'm joined here today by... <laughs> this is so funny. No, I think we should do this, you know? We should start this at school as well. Have teachers send voicemails. Because that's more personal, you know? I don't think teachers want to be that person. That's a thing. <laughs> well, neither does somebody's boss or colleagues, I think, right? Or colleagues. Well, colleagues, I would understand. Boss, I actually don't know for sure. But I, it doesn't have to be about being personal. It's just about making life easier, honestly. Yeah. I think the... Oh, sorry. What, as you say, the one problem could be that people can be kind of rambly over mm-hmm. audio. Um, mm-hmm. As we know very well as we have discovered (laughs) very profoundly so when people have to kind of type it out especially if they were like writing it physically like you know writing with hands then they um then they tend to edit a lot of the um kind of the filler the noise out of what they're saying so i feel like if they're sending an audio that they don't edit at all it could be just a lot of kind of irrelevant stuff and then some information like the signal to noise ratio would not be the same as text. So I'm not sure if it will be so helpful, especially with all the added effort required for it. Yeah, exactly. But there definitely would be like a lot of filler words, like um, as I said earlier. But at the same time, Alma knows this. I'm a super slow texter. And oh my God. High. Like when I try to text oh. someone, it's really frustrating when I'm mad and I'm trying to text someone <laughs> really quickly on WhatsApp because I'm furious. But they take so long to text that the moment passes and I'm like oh my god <laughs> no, no. the worst thing is when we are in a debate and my teammates um, insist on typing on my laptop instead of just writing it themselves <laughs> and mm. they take 20 minutes to write their rebuttal and I'm like I want to type too by the time they finish I already forget what I wanted to write because they take so incredibly long to type mm. I am totally not referring to you today, Nathaniel. Uh, of course not. <laughs> I mean, your speech was over, so like, why would you care? But I was trying to add on, you know? Yeah, I love that I wrote all that stuff out and then proceeded to forget entirely about it during oh my my God. And I kept like trying to <laughs> highlight it, but I didn't know if I should tap you. <laughs> yeah, you probably should tap me. But actually, I hit seven minutes anyway, so I would have not had enough time. I didn't want to distract you from your arguments. Yeah. Okay. No, I hate when I'm debating, people start poking me, start handing me papers. I'm like, stop! Oh my gosh, one time, for the listeners who do not know this, Antonio and I were in a debate tournament, <laughs> uh-huh. and okay. we were sharing a laptop, and 
in the middle of my speech, Antonia starts moving the laptop oh. around. <laughs> Keep in mind, this was an online debate. So I was literally moving the camera away from almost my face. Not just that, you were like moving it around. And my text was on there too. Oh, no. It was just, I was like, please stop, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to talk. Oh my God. But yeah, we should have won that debate, I remember. Was Was it during that one? Yeah. Mm. You guys, I just really want to use quickly this podcast to say that judges who are biased oh are um, not the best people. Uh-huh. <laughs> it hurts. Yeah. Alma, you have the listeners really confused now. Yeah, I'm sorry. I kind of just started talking about, about our week and debates. Mm-hmm. But... No rambling, Alma. No, no rambling at all. No killer <laughs> words either. <laughs> yeah, that was very off tangent. No, can you say off tangent? No, it was ta- the off topic. curve. Off topic. Okay, I don't know what I was saying. I was contradicting myself like You're crazy. Thinking about trigonometry. <laughs> That's very off tangent. <laughs> off topic. You know I meant people. Okay. Anyway, are you excited for the third point? I'm very for sure. For sure. Excited is my favorite word now. I've just realized. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. The next one is that apparently in a dyslexia-friendly workplace, you're not supposed to be doing hot desking. And Alma, Nathaniel, and I are a little puzzled about hot desking. So we're the gonna... term has been Googled <laughs> for the listeners okay. who do not know. Alma, do you want to provide the Google definition? I definitely do not because it makes no sense. Okay, hot desking. <laughs> Oh, wait, that's Hebrew, sorry. Uh, hot desking <laughs> is an organizational workspace system in which desks are used by different people at different times on an ADHOC basis. And this is from what is hot desking and what are the benefits from WeWork, to give credit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sources. Woo. It's good to cite sources. We're like good students. You're good history students. Your teacher <laughs> proud of you. Anyway, sure. so... As I said, we're a little bit miffed about hot desking. Hot it just doesn't make any sense. I don't understand what this I has. I can't even pronounce it. Okay. But anyway, I think hot desking is probably a problem for some dyslexic students because maybe you prefer to work in an environment that you're comfortable with. For instance, in school, I don't really like moving desks. I don't know why. I like to have one desk and I stick to that desk. And when I move to a different desk, I get distracted for some reason because I'm suddenly like, oh, this is a new position. I have a new angle to the blackboard. This is weird. <laughs> so that's like the only way I could like describe it. Or also when we move from classroom to classroom, I always like, look around at the posters and all that stuff. I'm like, wow, this classroom is beautiful. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I do that too. Don't worry. <laughs> but I don't know in the work environment, like I don't know how that would work. Do you just like randomly mm-hmm. get to- switch seats with your co-worker oh, no no i think i looked at i think it's when like you have your time at your desk and then someone else uses it it is okay guys leave it in the comments below <laughs> <laughs> but actually we are all beyond puzzled about what this hot desking is no, and I'm what the use switch desks after a certain amount of time no i don't think so i think what they're saying is like you have your time at your desk and then someone comes the next like office worker comes in and then because that's because then you know like oh no i'm 
I only have one hour left and then somebody else is going to come and kick me out of my seat and I still haven't done all my work, you know, that's stressful. So I absolutely understand how that could be very annoying for dyslexics and also non-dyslexics. I don't know, I don't mm-hmm. like the idea of hot desking. It's kind of a strange idea. Like, I'm not sure the scenarios in which it's useful. Maybe if, like, you have to do different things over the day, so you need to, like, move to different, like, centers of the office. But it it kind of seems like a very strange (laughs) phenomenon. Maybe you could have an office space. Um, You can, like, be Mm -hmm. with a lot of money and you don't have a lot of desks. You can then just have people come in at different time slots. Yes, that's what Google said. It's it saves. Oh, money. you see, I'm but, so smart. No, but I, that's not supposed to be the main purpose of it. I think that's just like how you reach or something. But I don't know. I just like having my own work workspace. Yeah, and it's just really nice to know where everything is and all of that. Exactly. And I don't mean kicking me out of my work. No, it's my workplace. I get to sit there wherever, however long I want. You know. Hmm. Uh, but also, it's so weird to me. Why is it called hot desking? Like, Look, I- guys, I think we should move away from this. To- like, I can tell you why, though. It was, no you were quite curious. Oh, you- okay. Yes, let's hear it. I hear. Um. Well, it's like hot potato. Like when you are, ah. you move around. Um. Yeah. Oh wait, that took me a very long time. I was like, theoretically, you just should be cold you know because people are cold by kicking you out of your space you know i don't think they're kicking you out they're just <laughs> trying to achieve their own um like desk time yeah i guess i feel like we could be really offensive by criticizing hot desking so much because maybe some people are like how is it offensive i don't know maybe the editors of hot desking are listening to this and they're really- guys we accept even people who hot desk <laughs> everybody's welcome dyslexia demystified mm-hmm. or <laughs> okay question. but yeah i would recommend we stay away from this point since it makes so little sense we kind of demystified it we kind mm. of demystified it but, but it wasn't quite up to the standard of dyslexia <laughs> demystified. Mm-hmm. Okay. high standards okay Very- so then we shall move on to the next point which would be a quiet workspace um and i think this just again like so many of these before is like a quality of life improvement for everyone if you're expecting mm-hmm. people to do like intensive, you know, focused work, it makes sense to have a focused, I mean, quiet, quiet workspace um, for those with dyslexia and those without. Um, so I think that this should be something, an idea that's applicable. There are areas where it does not make so much sense. I don't know, like if you're in certain offices where there's like a lot of back and forth, it makes sense that there wouldn't be so quiet, such a quiet workspace which may unfortunately disadvantage people with dyslexia. But I feel like if you're in an office setting where you're expected to be doing like, you know, work that's focused and requires writing or number entry, data entry, all these things, it makes sense to have a quiet workspace for everyone. Well, I have a question then uh, for Antonia specifically, considering she's our dyslexic person in the group. Uh, do you have a harder time concentrating with background noise than you think a non-dyslexic person would? Is that a thing? Absolutely. Oh my god. <laughs> it's really, really funny. Because um, whenever, do you know in class when you're supposed to do quiet work and then the teacher comes and like whispers with a student to help them? I literally oh, just yeah. stop working completely and I just listen. I focus purely on their conversation without even wanting to. 
or the same scenarios in like cafes like sometimes i tell myself like oh i'm gonna be super productive and i'm gonna go to study cafe that never works out for me because i always like work for like five-ish minutes and then suddenly i'll hear somebody on the table diagonally for me talking about their relationship problems i'm like wow this is really interesting and then without even knowing it i just automatically just listen to the conversation instead of doing my own work so i I absolutely um, Mm -hmm. struggle with it i don't know about like so i have a follow-up question okay sure uh did the relationship work out (laughs) it didn't no lucas cheated on her but i was (gasps) lucas i don't know who lucas is but he didn't sound too nice i was not expecting that actually i thought (laughs) lucas was a nice guy (laughs) at the curveball i was really invested in their relationship <laughs> no, it right? was a roller coaster ride to listen to. I was like, "Wow, this is some." <laughs> is this a true story? You actually had to listen well, actually, to this? Yeah, I actually, I felt really bad afterwards. It's like, oh, <laughs> listen, but I can't help it. That's the thing. When I hear people talk quite loudly, I'm like, I okay. <laughs> people will think I'm really creepy. <laughs> no, this is heartbreaking. <laughs> heartbreaking. Oh yeah, for the woman. But I mean, it's okay. I think she's doing. I don't know. Okay, I, I, no, I think she's oh, moved on. I think. Yeah. I think Lucas is a thing in the past. <laughs> anyway, the bottom line is yes, I absolutely cannot focus when other people talk. Mm-hmm. Never. Nope. Nope. What about you guys? I think I also have a very. I have a very hard time uh, concentrating when other people talk, especially. Um, again, sorry to bring this up, but in debate. Oh like, my. if I'm writing down a response to someone, what they're saying, and then the person next to me starts whispering to me, like, all the things <laughs> I have to say, I just, I blank out. Like, I can't do either uh-huh. then. You know? I can't listen or write. Um, but I think I'm just very sensitive to noise. Also, my sister plays the piano, and whenever I'm trying to study, even if she just starts playing the piano, no words. It distracts me so much, and it actually bothers me a lot. Yeah. Which, it's funny, because I can listen to music if I'm choosing to, if it's with my headphones or just on YouTube or whatever. <laughs> but if it's, like, randomly starting to play, I just can't deal with it. Oh, how? If I hear music, I suddenly start, like, singing along to music or I, like, criticize the lyrics in my head. I'm like, oh, this does not work with the vibe. It depends. If I if I need high concentration, I can't listen to music, period. But if yeah. I if it's just, like, I don't know, like, an exercise of something I already understand, okay, then I can Okay, what about you, Nathaniel? I feel like you're very quiet today when we're talking about quiet spaces. <laughs> I'm so I mean, funny. hilarious. <laughs> hilarious, like a really funny <laughs> joke. Um, I thrive in groups, and I think that um, I don't mind noisy spaces. Um, for debate, at least, I can kind of listen and talk and write at the same time. But... Um, and also, I kind of grew up reading around people talking. Um, so I think I can kind of do that. But for focused work, I prefer silence or, like, music. And I'm also easily distracted by any music with lyrics. So it has to be, like, ambient, classical, or something like that, if I'm trying to study and have music along with it. Mm-hmm. I can totally see that, Nathaniel, just listening <laughs> to 
Mozart or something as he's doing his math homework. Not even not even Mozart because like that stuff is too good that you get like invested in it. Oh, you need like really low quality. No, you just need like not engaging piano music, like sleep piano, you know. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, Mozart slaps too hard. Exactly. <laughs> He's known for being a true slapper. <laughs> of course. That sounds very violent now for some reason. Hmm. This is not the intention we had, listeners, just in case. I feel like we're not only domestifying dyslexia at this point, but also just life and Mozart specifically right now. Life and everything. It's kind of nice to domestify Mozart, I feel like intellectual. We could do that one day. We should listen to some Mozart. Like I, I would like to listen to some more. Oh, guys! We should, we should have Mozart as background music. I, was to say, I can insert Mozart. <laughs> I can insert it just for this section if you guys want. Oh yes, do, do, just do a little, a little. Oh short. no, actually, I can't do that. I'll get copyrighted for it. Never mind. Oh. I mean, not really Mozart though. I mean. I think. So. I think it's a little old to be it's, copyrighted. It, it is in the public domain, but I guess if someone played I, it. On the piano, they can copyright that. Yeah, I don't know. Copyright is very. What if I played on the piano for us? I don't think you can. Maybe your sister. Sister, <laughs> <laughs> a Mozart um, background theme for us. We'll we'll have her come in once playing Mozart, and then we'll thank her and move on with Mozart. Mm-hmm. Kind of a good idea. A great idea. And so next point, people. Was just about to do that. Okay, so our last point is color coding, mm-hmm. which, again, I feel like we already said this. I understand that, you know, our views of what's childish and what's professional, all of that, are very um, just strange, and we just assign names to things, regardless of how much meaning those names actually hold, but it still just seems so, like, elementary school like no to, to color code i don't i i color code myself but to do it for someone i don't know <laughs> i get a bit of a weird feeling again reading this for us, like differently workplaces what i love color coding i also do but i just the thought of someone doing it for you is a little much in my opinion i don't know yeah eh. i don't know actually it does seem a little weird Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm being a bit too critical today. Maybe that's it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. But do you think generally that color coding helps people with dyslexia? Um. Yeah, I would say definitely does. For me. Um, because, I don't know, I just like colors in general because it makes things more memorable. Because I like memorizing things visually. Um, so when I do my mind map, I like to use as many colors as possible. But when I memorize that two things belong together, I'll try to use similar colors or the same color. Um, so I didn't have like this link in my brain being like, oh, this works together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that would work, be very beneficial if you're trying to memorize information and categories to color code it. So I think it absolutely would be beneficial. Okay. I sound very British right now, I just realized. You always mm. sound very British. You always do. You just have very. an accent. Okay, so Nathaniel, what do you think? I know you don't have dyslexia, but what do you think from someone who has learned so much about dyslexia? 
without. I mean, but only from this podcast, you know, like I wouldn't know anything without this podcast because that's Same. just how good the podcast is, you know. Exactly. <laughs> we demystified dyslexia too well. Yeah, we just demystified it for our listeners and ourselves. It'd be nice if you mystified it a bit more so like it goes back into balance. But for me, <laughs> I think color coding wise, um, it, it would make sense. I think that it would be helpful for those with dyslexia because it kind of breaks up the dense blocks of text into like, you know, mm -hmm. sections that are more easy to understand, especially if the colors, you know, mean something and like you have a good system going. I mm -hmm. personally are, am kind of too lazy to color code, but um, it is useful whenever I do manage to do it for me as well. Yeah. Color coaching is sick. Love it. It slaps just as hard as Mozart. Almost. <laughs> Almost as hard. Almost. <laughs> no. But yeah, I think, right. I think we summarized that point. And you guys, we hey. now have everything we need for a dyslexia-friendly workplace. We've given you everything, guys. Part one and part two. And there's no need for part three, which is quite surprising considering yeah. just how little our group rambles. It's <laughs> insane. Yeah, I think we're we so economical with our time. Exactly. Of course, we're very efficient, guys. Pretty good, I must say. Very efficient, very hardworking. Incredibly. Very interesting conversations. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Very proud team. Any last remarks? Um, yes. Dyslexic people may have a learning difference, but that does not mean that we need to belittle them so much as to see them as children however we also need to take away the i think nathaniel said stigma mm -hmm. from certain actions and yes. um pull away the terms that we have given certain things such as childish or professional mm -hmm. as they mean nothing yep 100 percent agree with exciting. all of that um we need to remove the stigma and we need to basically make it more acceptable for people to talk openly about their dyslexia so that others can um, take that into consideration when making decisions about how they construct their workplace and how they allocate work. Uh, but also there needs to be less of a stigma around people with dyslexia um, and people don't need to automatically treat them uh, differently, but especially as inferiors or like mm -hmm. they need to be and basically infantilize them because of their dyslexia, but it's something to take into consideration. Like, okay, cool. I'm not going to make Jerry, you know, just sift Jerry? over. Jerry? Jerry, yeah. Jerry, <laughs> 300 pages of dense text in a week. Maybe instead I'll have him do something analogous, like listen to a bunch of lectures or something like that. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't, it just be taken into consideration, but it should not be the only deciding factor. Okay. I important. I agree. I, I, I would think we should take Jerry into consideration. Jerry sounds like one lucky man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you guys said that very well. I'm scared to add anything. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, does any Or literally, you can just say bye, actually. Yeah, let's just say bye. Okay. <laughs> bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Yay! <laughs>